goes to Nikki Minaj. Hey y'all, how are you tonight? I said, how are you tonight? Um, well, I wanna, I never remember what to say, um, but I wanna say thank you to my management. They're all over there on that table, and I know they hate me because I never remember like everyone's name on one night. So, G, Jean, uh, Brian's over there. His daughter said if I forgot him one more time, she'd kill me herself. Rochelle, I love you. Uh, Republic, you know what? I, honestly, I just wanna thank everyone who was on the album, who, every featured artist, every producer, everyone that helped this uh, album happen for me. And, but most importantly, to my amazing fans, you guys are so freaking epic. Like, I don't know, I cannot imagine my life without you. I love you to pieces. I can't wait to see you guys on tour. And um, shout out to Donatella Versace for custom making this outfit for me. And shout out, and shout out to Michael B. Jordan because he's gonna be taking it off of me tonight. Yeah, Nikki was thirsty as hell when she said that. Um, it is Wednesday. November 14th, uh, 2018, 18 there, uh, okay, I had an interesting weekend, um, I attended the, uh, the Houston Cinema Arts Festival, which was great, um, I saw a lot of uh, great movies that are playing over there. I saw Roma, which was uh, amazing. Shout out to um, Alfonso Cuaron, Cuaron for um, making a movie not only that uh, old people could see, but he uh, cre created the sound design in a way that uh, other people don't have to listen to the old people talking throughout the whole damn movie. Shout out to uh, Dolby Atmos and all that stuff because that was that was that was bomb. Um, I saw a lot, you know, a lot of great things that are happening there. My only caveat is uh, uh, that uh, they were playing movies at Rice Cinema and uh, the Museum of Fine Arts, Houston. And uh, when you went to the Museum of Fine Arts, uh, you couldn't get your parking validated, but at Rice Cinema, you could. Uh, they had free parking over there, and uh, along with other things like food, wine, food, just a whole lot of fun stuff. And uh, they didn't have any of that at, at the MA, MFAH. Uh, so, um, but I will say, uh, shout out to um, Marion, the uh, old black lady, uh, who uh, who. I was belly aching about uh, the parking at one of the screenings, and she gave me ten dollars because uh, you know she knew I was a freelancer. I was you know just covering the whole thing uh, for an outlet, and she said and she, she simply said, "You know, just take you know, 
I know how you, how being a freelancer is, so just take the $10 and shut up. And I did. So uh, shout out to Marion for uh, helping out a broke brother like that. I also um, went to, in the middle of that, went to the Lo-Fi Music Fest, which uh, that was the... Uh, that was the uh, day-long show put on by a uh, local Houston group, The Hue. Uh, the previous guests of mine, uh, they talked about the uh, fest that they do when they were on the show. Um, it was, you know, the times I was there, cause I was going back and forth between the Cinemars Festival and this. Uh, I mean, uh, like the, what I saw was very entertaining, but I had a feeling a lot of things didn't go off without a hitch. There was certain people, uh, that want to tell tales, tales out of school, but there's, you know, a few people complaining here and there, mostly, uh, the staff who were upset that they had to go outside, uh, in the cold to 10 bar. I know this cause they said it constantly just like it's it's cold i got um i don't have any socks on there are other things that were happening but you know i don't want to make it a, a huge thing but just like yeah i was just glad uh that the hue did a did a, a big show that had a lot of uh interesting artists on there of course Cy smith was a headliner he had uh the Afronauts. he had big mom he have uh nick b he had all a whole bunch of great artists there so a uh, shout out to them now let's get to that part of the show where I just uh, talk about how horrible things are. Um, pull out my notes. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, national yeah, today is National Pickle Day and World Diabetes Day. So uh, make, make that of what you will. Uh, R.I.P. to Stan Lee. Died at 95 a couple days ago, I believe. Uh, he has given us some great comic books and occasionally good movie adaptations. So, so I get. By the way, I guess we're gonna forget about the 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 the, the sexual harassment charges that are against him earlier in the year. You know, because a lot of a lot of sexual harassment charges went up against people. But I guess, but I guess we'll give him like the. You know, he was. Yeah, you know, he's an old man, so of course, old man gonna be dirty. So, but I don't know what happened with those charges, but just, you know, just, yeah, I, I know he created a lot of stuff, but, you know, <laughs> just, just, just thought I'd, you know, bring that up again. Just, just, you know, just had that because a lot of, a lot of men have had that lately. So just like, but, you know, if y'all want to forget about the sexual harassment stuff, you know, just do you. Uh, nurse and a massage therapist. Both anyway, oh uh, yeah, of course. Um, I don't even, even want to bring this up. The Lamar High School shooting, D. Lindsey Dwayne Mack, which is just interesting for a person by the name of Craig Dwayne Lindsey, because just say, I'll, uh, uh, 18 was shot multiple times as he walked on Bamel Lane during Lamar's first first lunch period around 12:15 p.m. The 15-year-old girl Mac was with was grazed by a bullet. It is the latest in a gang war. Can we just get like a, a peace thing going on where like gangs don't 
ceasefire because, because you know, because last thing, we, you know, I, I don't know about y'all, but the last thing I want black people to be involved with with all the shootings going on in the country, because there's a lot of them, and so far they've been committed by white dudes. So I really do not want any black people involved in all this stuff. Just. Just ceasefire, I don't know, like for, for gang territory or if the dude owed you $15 or whatever. Just let's 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 not be wrapped up in a, in part of the whole school shooting thing, please. Just um, here's something. Uh, the uh, over at the University of Texas, San Antonio. Uh, the university is investigating investigating claims that a white professor called the police on a black student who reportedly had her feet propped up during a class. Uh, the One of the students there, uh, Perva Rural, I, I hope to God I got that name right, uh, recorded the incident. So if you go to her Twitter page, you can see basically this, this teacher um, calling the cops because this, cause this black lady had her feet up. She wasn't doing anything else except had her feet up. And of course, that's we're living in the age of uh, backyard Becky and all those, all the other white ladies just calling up cops willy nilly. She unfortunately had to go through that. So apologize to the girl that had to be escorted out the the classroom because. She had her feet up somewhere. Just saying it out loud sounds like the dumbest thing you ever heard in your life, but hey, that's where we are now. And of course, as we slide into we as we talk about that, we slide into all the the Trump stuff because, of course, that's where we are at this world. Uh, the president is isolated and growing more furious by the day. Reports say. He is openly speculating about replacing more members of his cabinet, though so far has stopped short of executing the dismissals, leaving those aides in the career purgatory. Yes, he's pissed at damn near everyone, a White House official said, noting the mood in the Oval Office is darker than normal this week. Some of his longtime confidants are worried for his health, believing he's gained weight and looks unwell. Good. Uh, now he knows how a lot of us feel. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, Trump said also Tuesday that the Secret Service nixed a visit to a cemetery in the rain because the motorcade would have shut down Paris. I don't know about y'all. Like, I, I, I didn't have time to check on this, but is, is Trump the only pers- president in the history of presidents to blame the Secret Service? Thought usually the Secret Service had their job was to, to listen to him and all that stuff, and just he just saying, "Oh, it was the Secret Service." Just, is, is there been, is there been more president that just refuses to take responsibility for anything other than stuff that he has not accomplished than President Orange Crush? Dude is just I'm tired of looking at his face. Looks like he had a 
like a bad suntan thing around the eyes because just like whole face is orange except the eyes. What the hell is that about? Oh man! And then uh, of course last week, you know, you know, with the Carolina, with the uh, California fires. Excuse me, the California fires uh, rolling all over the place. James Woods used his Twitter account so he and others could reach out and save people and animals who were caught in the fire. Meanwhile, Trump blamed the fires. Uh, on the forest management. So we're officially at that point where James Woods is looking better than Donald Trump. James Woods has, has gotten the hang of being a decent human being more than this orange-ass person. Yes, and also uh, uh, French President Emmanuel Macron is, is, is distancing himself from him saying, to be honest, I don't do diplomacy or I'm not going to do any French accents or anything like that. To be honest, I don't do diplomacy or politics through tweets and comments. Oh, oh, damn. That's that's some straight up uh, shade, tea, whatever the hell you want to call it. Sounds sounds like, yeah, you know, French just dropping straight bombs. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to apply to UPS tomorrow. This is, it's gotten to that point because apparently being involved in media does not pay at all. So I just just get a job helping with the trucks and you know, stuff like that. Uh, let's see if I can talk about this real quickly. Because right now, uh, Karina Longworth, I don't know if you know, Karina Longworth is a film critic and uh, she's a film writer. She's an author. She has a new book out now called Seduction about uh, Howard Hughes and his association with Hollywood. And uh, she is at the Rice Cinema. Uh, once again, bring that up. So Rice Cinema. Uh, talking about her book and also introducing a good movie, uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes with uh, Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell. I would love to uh, talk to Karina, uh, have Karina on the show and talk to her about the book and everything, but I don't know that's going to happen because uh, a few years ago, uh, a few years ago, I was up one Saturday night and um, I posted this tweet where I said, well, there's, okay, there's um, there's these two uh, well-known female film critics, uh, Karina Longworth and uh, Kim Morgan. And if Kim's uh, listening, Bob, sorry, bring this up. And um, I wrote, I tweeted, if uh, Karina Longworth and Kim Morgan ever did a podcast together, I know a lot of guys who won't stop jerking it. And the reason I I tweeted this wasn't trying me trying to be crass, even though it sounds very crass. Um, you know, I know a lot of film critics, and many of them are very creepy, and they have told me. On many occasion, you know how you know uh, just uh, they, when they hear the voice of Kim Morgan or Karina Longworth or whatever, like oh, oh his voice so hot and voice and it's just like I'm you know, just getting tired of it. So I just said on Twitter, 
that if they ever did a podcast, I, I, I also at them. I added their, their handles in the tweet. I said, if they, if these two ever did a podcast together, I know a lot of guys that won't stop jerking it. It wasn't me trying to be crass. I'm just, I was just pointing out, stating that I knew a lot, that I knew a lot of guys who told me they were jerking and stuff like that. So I was just, I was just being the messenger, sadly. Um, so that was on Twitter for a day and a half, and then Monday rolls around, and sure enough, that's when all hell broke loose. I think Kim sent me an email saying she didn't like what I said, and, and Matt Zoller sites she he chimed in saying, "Take that down. What's wrong? What's the matter with you?" And I sent them all responses, like heartfelt responses. I was not trying to be offensive. I'm just stating what I've heard from so many damn creepy ass film critics about. Uh, Kim and Karina, and I, I sent Kim a long email, and she, uh, uh, I, I believe, forgave me. And uh, I sent one to Karina, but um, I didn't get a response back. And um, as the years ro- drew on, I, I had a feeling that Kim, uh, Karina, wasn't exactly, um, didn't exactly approve of what I wrote. Uh, she, she blocked me from her. Um, you must remember this. Uh, Twitter page. She didn't block me from her personal, uh, from her regular page, but uh, she blocked me from you must because I, because I, because I emailed her and I said, um, you know, you, why'd you, why'd you block me? And she said, because of that uh, tasteless sexist joke you wrote. And I'm just like, it, you know, it's kind of interesting how, as of course, uh, uh, past year and all the sexual harassment charges have brought up, there has been. Uh, it's, uh, reports of critics like Devin Faraci and Harry Knowles being and and just and film associations actually harassing women and being creepy and everything. So I just, I guess I was a few years too early on dispelling the truth about a lot of these, uh, just these these guys who are just way too creepy and stuff. Just pervy there's still yeah there's a lot you know there are unfortunately film critics who they know a lot about film but they eh, a little little on the you know perv side but you know not all of them just some i know uh once again just i would you know like to extend my apologies to Karina Longworth. i was not trying to offender in any way even though that was I believe that was a yeah it was an offensive thing the the French way I phrased it because you gotta understand this was back in the good old days when Twitter was still 140 characters they you there wasn't like this uh expansion like there is now and uh just yeah you know, I would love to I love the I would love to read the book I've always been uh, fond of her writing love to read the book and maybe talk to her about it and uh, yeah, you know, tell you the truth, both Kim and Karina are living are living the good life right now. Especially you know, you know, because Kim is 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 working and hanging out with Guillermo del Toro, and of course, uh, Karina, uh, you know, her boo is is Ryan Johnson, who directed the Last Jedi. I was so worried that uh, like all the uh, the hatred and invective that uh, Ryan Johnson uh, was getting for the Last Jedi would somehow come back on me and just like, you know, yes, he's like, I'm going to take this out on the girl on the guy who offended my woman and just all that stuff. And I just, I was so glad that didn't make, I'm glad, I'm glad, 
Hopefully, I don't think he knows who I am or anything like that. But yes, yeah, it was a brief instance of the of a misphrasing of a way. Maybe if maybe I said if I knew a lot of I know a lot of creepy ass film critics who won't who wouldn't stop jerking it. Then maybe, but once again, it was 140 pages, so I had to build it all together. But bottom line, some here's here's the here's the uh, the moral of the story. Uh, don't tweet, uh, sober on Saturday nights. I, well, on late Saturday night, just like thought you'd be, think something clever at one, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, don't do it. Cause you might end up offending people you would like to talk to later in life. So, so yeah. So think I'm done groveling and begging and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, just thought I'd let you know what's what's going on you know if you're still out there if you want to see gentlemen prefer bonds i strongly recommend it it's over at uh, rice cinema right now all right it's it's that was 20 minutes so um let's see this is the most appalling show on uh kpft this is the sour hour Let's uh let's let's pull up this week's music stuff. Can you feel this song? 
your mind Cause if there was no me, there'd be no you Ooh, can you feel me? Is this song coming through? That's the science in it But it's so much more intense Reaching to your soul for the answer Reach wherever you need to To find it Share your 
This is the uh, Sour Hour, a.k.a. Everything is Canceled, a.k.a. Uncle Krizzle's uh, Forgiveness Hour. I am Craig D. Lindsay, a.k.a. Uncle Krizzle, a.k.a. Black Larry David, a.k.a. Anastasia Beaverhausen, a.k.a. Just do something beautiful. And you're listening to the show on KPFT HD 2, not 3, 2. Uh, if you want to hit me up on the uh, on the on the medias, as they call it, uh, you can holler at me at Uncle Crizzle, Twitter, Facebook, whatever else you want to reach me out to. Uh, you can ha- always hashtag the Sour Hour and keep on doing that until somebody does it. Hashtag the Sour Hour, and uh, you can listen to um, 
this episode and other episodes like it uh, over at uh, Mixcloud.com slash Uncle Crizzle. Well, uh, let's go with the uh, music that we just played. Um, first one. Uh, first one comes to us from Jill Scott, who has been the rage of black Twitter for the past 24, 36 hours or so because apparently she uh, was on stage uh, filleting the microphone and everybody was all up in arms about it. And meanwhile, everybody who's, who's listened to Jill Scott's music for the past damn near 20 years, just like, what's the problem? And that track right there was from How It Makes You Feel from uh, The Real Thing, Words and Sounds, Volume 3. The one That's the one where she's on the cover with a bag all looking all seductive and everything like, you know, just like a, mil, a middle-aged black cougar ready to strike. So, yeah, that's How It Makes You Feel. Thought I'd play that one out there for uh, all my Jill fans and Jill especially. Uh, the second track was a, uh, was a tune I, uh, I, I discovered earlier this week and I've just been like playing it nonstop. That was Honesty from this guy named Pink Sweats. That's his name, Pink Sweats, uh, from the, uh, Volume 1 EP. And then after that, uh, was Dollar Bill by Avery Wilson, another new cat, from the uh, FYI EP. What's up with these brothers who just have like a guitar and just can just 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 play sweetness, just angelic sweetness, and just like 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 this like Pink Sweats, Avery Wilson, Daniel Caesar. They just got a guitar and they just they just go nuts. All y'all with with synthesizers and and and, and auto tune. Y'all watch out because these because these brothers with just guitars are gonna get y'all out of business. Um, all right, let's get into our, uh, tonight's, uh, guest. Uh, she is a realtor and a very stylish realtor at that. Uh, she works at a Remax Metro. She, uh, has a very, uh, very colorful profile out in the area. Uh, I'm going to talk about that, uh, at the, these, uh, 20 or so minutes We'll, we'll be on the air. Amy Lynch, uh, Cole Flat. Yes, sir. That's me. Welcome to the Sour Hour. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, my name's Amy Lynch, Cole Flat with Remax Metro. Most people call me the Zebra Realtor. The Zebra Realtor. Yeah, because um, I guess we should discuss how we got to know one another. Because <laughs> as, as usual, I was at Poison Girl drinking. And I don't know if you know this. Sometimes that's where I get some of my guests. And I uh, saw you. Yeah, uh, he hit me up in a bar. <laughs> yeah, I hit you up. I was just like, no. I'm hey, just, it's good. Like, you had like some zebra print stuff. I yeah. did. I was decked out in all my zebra, and I was there with some clients. And there had been a closing earlier that day, and there was a little celebration going on. It was all good. Yeah, all good. And uh, so. So yeah, I decided to reach out to you. Like sometimes, you know, it's always a crapshoot uh, going to a public place and say, "Hey, you look interesting. You'd like to be on my show." And then I, have, you know, I, I'd send out the email. Can you gave me your card and see if they'll respond back? And sure enough, you did. 
Of course. Any opportunity to give me a live microphone, I'm going to come take it. Okay. <laughs> I can't help that. Well, I mean, just, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you just been, uh, how long have you been? Because I was reading up on you a little bit, and uh, I believe you are a third generation realtor. Yeah. Well, actually, my grandmother was an agent. My dad's an agent. My sister's an agent. I'm an agent. It kind of runs in the family, runs in the blood. I avoided the whole thing for as long as I could. And after my second child was born, I said, you know what? I'm going to become a real estate agent where I can set my own hours and work for myself. Little did I know, I work harder and more than I ever did when I had a nine to five. Um, But I absolutely love it. And it is in my blood. It's my true passion. I should have been doing it a long time ago. So I've been doing it for years now and wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, you've been doing it for years. I mean, has has it been uh, an easy... Well, I wouldn't say easy. Just like as real estate, real estate's never easy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're uh, only as good as your last house, as good as your last deal. You're always in the constant hustle. Um, sometimes I'm lucky enough to work with people like Karma Properties or some other builders, um, and I get repeat business from them. But I don't have a lot of those. But I do, you know, when you're lucky, you have people that are repeat business. Um, but for the most part, people don't buy and sell houses often, Yeah, you I know, mean, you so feel, it's a, I do feel it's because of the climate and how the, the, you know, like the economic climate and how things have, no, it's yeah. the biggest transaction of your life. So the, yeah. the next biggest being your car. So people don't, um, buy houses often, you know, yeah. and landlords and stuff, those aren't, uh, everywhere although i do work with a lot of landlords i love my landlords mm-hmm. I, I love helping them buy places that become investments instead of putting your money on the stock market put yourself on some dirt put a renter in there get your mailbox money have a check coming every month it it's a good deal so yeah. sometimes that's the way to invest I mean, for long term well i mean just take me through it how you go about getting the person you know, pretend I'm trying to get a house, which will probably never happen. <laughs> but uh, just, just, just how you, you never can... know. There's oh, magical I'm... ways. You... <laughs> Listen to past episodes, and you'll I'll have to, and you'll understand why I said that. <laughs> but just how how do you go about as as a realtor? You know, trying to sell people on some. I work really by referral more than anything else. It's word of mouth. People do business with me. It's a good transaction. They tell their friends. They tell their siblings. Next thing you know, I'm selling, you know, their friends' houses. Everything else. It's just word of mouth. It's a growing business, and I've, I've grown it. It's by reputation. You keep doing good. My motto is putting people in better places. I put people in better places emotionally, monetarily, physically. Um, you know, you sometimes you need to get out of a situation. Sometimes you need to get into a better situation. Regardless, I'm helping people into better locations. That's that's what I do. And because I genuinely am helping people get into situations or they inherited grandma's house and they don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And she was a hoarder and it has all this stuff in it and it's got all this, you know, damage that needs to be repaired. How do you handle that situation? I help people navigate 
how they're going to, you're going to need to go through probate. You're going to need to get, you know, all the different steps it takes to empty out the estate and to get the money to the heirs. I mean, things like that is a definite thing. So that's putting people in better places is sometimes helping them out of situations just as much as helping the newlyweds that are pregnant into their first home. And sometimes it's helping a divorcing couple out of a house, you know, so I, it's in and out. It's, it's amazing. When I thought I was doing real estate, I was like, oh, I'm just going to help people buy and sell houses. But really, it's a therapist, <laughs> a counselor, a financial advisor, you know, not a lawyer, but you know, I've, I refer them and help them when it's time to get that lawyer or to get that accountant to help them or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's a, process. Buying and selling houses are big. And I do that. And I also do rentals. I help people rent places. I help people buy and sell apartment complexes. I just sold one a couple weeks ago. So it's, it's a mixed bag of just really helping people. My passion. I'm here for the disturbing stuff. Um, what yeah. has, uh, has there been any interest? Cause you mentioned earlier hoarders, uh, oh, I've so had some houses that were just oh, horribly bad. Or flood houses. So many flood mm-hmm. houses. Oh, yeah. Cause oh, how, Harvey. Yeah. It was it was horrible. What was that like? Oh, uh, just, you know, people that were trapped in their homes that needed to get out, needed to go somewhere that was clean, safe, without soggy, wet, where mold was going to start growing and and helping them remediate, helping them get contractors, helping um, whatever it takes to get these people relocated. And then after that's all said and done, you have these houses and rebuilding the houses, rebuilding Houston so that these houses can be sold again because Harvey was an anomaly. Mm -hmm. It really is not a standard. It's not a norm. Yes, we do flood. Yeah. And but it's always it it varies where it is. There's those houses that flood repetitively, but Harvey hit a lot of houses that had never flooded before. And now there's all these first-time floods, even more houses. So it's it's a situation. So if you were talking about sour hour, yeah, there was some getting through that. We're past the 1-year anniversary. That was in August. And it was it was big. And we're still recovering. And there are still houses that are just now getting remodeled and getting put up on the market. And they will they will sell eventually. I want to know uh, more about the divorce stuff. Uh, <laughs> divorce. I mean, just what was, I mean, has there been any issues where just like. Oh, where the husband are, will sign, but the wife won't. Or the wife will sign, but the husband won't. I mean, has there been any War of the Roses instances where it's just like, you know, I'll be in this side of the house, so you be in the other side? No, there's always entertainment. Yeah, you just, uh, you mediate and be patient and help them get through it in as peaceful a way as possible and just just the facts ma'am just the facts you know I try to break it down to what it really is that's happening we're selling the house and take the emotion out of it because it really is an asset that just needs to be liquidated so that they can part ways and sometimes that's hard 
because you've got to decide on dollar amounts. You've got to decide on appliances. You've got to decide on all kind. you know, it, it's, a, it's a process, but you just work through it one step at a time. This is probably the first time ever I've heard anybody reference Dragnet when talking about their <laughs> their occupation. So I guess you use that often? <laughs> no, it just came to me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I mean, let's get off the um, the real estate stuff uh, briefly. And, um, I can't and- help it. I'm positive. You've got me on the sour hour, and I'm one of the most positive people out there. So it's, this is going to be rough. <laughs> okay. Right, you want me to dig dirt? I don't know where to where to dig. Well, I drive an art car. Well, that's where I was going to go. Okay, well, let's talk was, about I, it. Yeah, talk about not just <laughs> the art car stuff, but just where did the whole zebra thing come from? Because for those you don't, for those who don't know you, zebra print stuff is is like a major component of it who is art. everything. It's like a distinction of who you are. It's everything. It's my identity, really. I'm the zebra realtor. Um, It's more than just a black and white issue. I can say that. (laughs) But the the zebra car, I started it 20 years ago. I rode it in the art car parade. This will be my 20th year in the art car parade this year. And I've become kind of a fixture in the art car parade. I didn't realize I was branding myself as I did that because I wasn't in real estate at the time. When I started doing art for the sake of art, it was fun, yeah. and it's it's a good time. And so I got out there with all my lady friends, and it was the Z-Bra <laughs> mobile, and it was a lot of fun, and it was an all-girl crew for a long time. And then now I've got a husband and kids and everything else, and it's, it's way more family-friendly. And instead of just one car with a bunch of girls, now I've got like six cars, six car lengths, and... uh stilt walkers i love my juniper and uh jugglers and skaters and bands i've had so many bands it's a lot of fun and the trailer pulls a band and we just really go out there and do a lot of a lot of fun bring joy and excitement to the city it brings something that's different it makes people think outside the box art cars are great it's folk art it's art for the sake of doing art. Mm-hmm. It's not leaving art hanging in a gallery, but putting it on the streets. I, I'm starting to, as you know, I was watching that John Leguizamo, Uzamo Netflix special, he's talking about the difference between fine art and folk art, and folk mm-hmm. art is mostly something that's, almost, you know, fine art is considered a, a European thing, as like a refined thing, whereas folk art is more... Um, It's done with found objects, things that you just create just to create it, not because you're trying to sell it. It's it's, it's, it's done for the enjoyment of it. I mean, well, just like in a sense, almost folk art, they make it seem like only, you know, just uh, native folks and just uh, minorities or just that would be the more folk as opposed to, you know, the the stuff that's hanging in the Louvre (laughs) and everything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to have your art taken to the streets for the enjoyment of others. And there's a, a whole element of performance art. When you have firecracker hats and we blow things up off the top of our heads and we have flames or we illuminate and, you know, skating and dancing and the flash mobby kind of 
sense of art cars. It's yeah. it's a trip. You show up, you're a party, you have a great time, and and then you scoot on out. It's it's a good time. Do you stuff at the Art Car Museum? Yes, I love the Art Car Museum. The heritists are awesome. Yeah. And uh, we should tell me just like the art, the whole art car thing in this town mm-hmm. is always crazy as hell. When especially Houston when the is the art car capital yeah. of the world. You just see crazy yeah. ass cars, looking cars all around the area, and like when you see them, like the K- KPFT, they have one. The Al yeah. Ricky Polidor made that yeah. car. He's a he's a treasure. He's great. Um, love him. And yeah, the KPFT Al car mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. And just well, just uh, let's get let's get into it. Just I just want to know where did all the zebra stuff come from with you? Was it just like I was afraid to color coordinate. And when I first started my art car and I was like, I'm going to go black and white. And then I thought cows aren't very sexy. And well, Dalmatian puppies, what the hell? No, that's not going to work. And I came up with zebras and then I researched zebras and I found out that female zebras actually run the herd. They're individual like fingerprints. No two zebras are the same. And that it was kind of fun. And I did my first car as a zebra and I've done every other car as a zebra since. I uh, hide images within the stripes. I have all kinds of like hidden illusions in the zebra stripes, which is kind of fun. I've taken it to the next level. And um, it causes a great impact to those people on the side of the road when they see it. They can instantly say, oh, look, it's a zebra car. And they can relate and understand it. And then when they take a moment and look at it even more, they're going to see the deeper things that are in the stripes that are going on. So it's kind of a, it's taking something recognizable and familiar and making it deeper. It's kind of fun. Well, I, I got to say, like, it's not just about the zebra car with you. I mean, I, when I saw you, you dressed, I believe you dressed in, in some, you had zebra wardrobe. Oh, I've got a whole closet. You have zebra uh, <laughs> handbags and of course. stuff. You have zebra gear and everything. Of course. I mean, has there been a point where, you know, family, friends, or even... You know, it's my identity, like, my whole house. Like, yeah, I've got a lot of zebra going on. But they, <laughs> but they, but they, as somebody said, uh, uh, listen, could you, could you, could you, could you, like, tone down with the zebra-ness? Yeah, that's not going to happen. After it's 20 not, years of being the zebra girl, I am, I am hardcore the zebra girl. You're hardcore the zebra Oh, girl. yeah. And I love it. I really do love it. I wear a lot of black and white all the time, and when I don't, it's usually just like a red dress but i still got on my black and white <laughs> yeah i mean as as this uh made you um get into not just look uh having zebra print printed stuff we just like um into zebras themselves i mean have you uh yeah they're fun zebra? I'm, well i'm just saying like you know just uh, just thinking about like uh the preservation of zebras or just like you know do you ever think about they're doing pretty good out there. Really? They're, they're, they're good. Um, I like to go by the zoo. We just had a baby one not that long ago at the zoo. The Houston Zoo had a baby zebra. Um, oh. were, you, were you around? I mean, apart from... You know, of course. Did they call you up and say, hey, you're the zebra woman. 
You want to look at the zebra baby that we got here? <laughs> I've, I've definitely taken the zebra car up to the Houston Zoo and parked it for events and for parties that are going on there and, and different things and promote them. There's a big organization, Friends of the Zoo, mm-hmm. which is uh, their nonprofit kind of thing going on. But yeah, of course. I mean, I do stuff with, with all kinds of different organizations and nonprofits and I'm at Discovery Green a lot or I'm at you know just different places where I can take the car where people are going to be able to come see it touch it talk to me I'm in costume you know take pictures with me it's fun you know let's 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 play and experience something different and think outside the box mm-hmm. I mean where are mostly the areas as you you as a real realtor um you know, concentrate on. I mean, is it? I work inside the loop, but let me tell you, my license takes me statewide. So that doesn't mean I haven't sold all over Texas. You know, I do stuff in Galveston and Palacios. I've got a little thing in Liberty County right now that I'm trying to figure out. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all over. Mainly though, the bulk of my business and what I really, really concentrate on most is inside the loop. And, uh, and I've worked most of all was just individuals. It's more about the artists. Like right now I have a couple of houses that are viral. Um, one of them being the tile house. I was about to ask you about that. Cause yeah. I was look, once again, looking up uh, uh, stuff about you online. and 4006 Timber Falls Court. Anybody wants to buy a very unique art house. I have another one on Las Brisas, which is also pretty amazing. That's a tile house. It's got a swimming pool that one's cool too and what about the the one on uh 1802 harvard yeah that one at, is amazing it's priced at 2.28 million 2.28 million yeah 28 million yeah that it that is a beautiful that one is a mansion that's an estate that is um because it, it was owned by a, a bart pres- truck Silo, who is a historic preservationist yeah and um, this is a historic mansion. It's on the Houston landmarks. It's on the state registry, the national registry of historic properties. And it's it's beautiful. The house itself is four stories of fabulousness. And uh, it's iconic. And then it's got the guest house, which is beautiful. And it's also got a carriage house um, as well. And it's 21,000 square foot lot with this beautiful houses on it it's the gardens the swimming pool the koi ponds it's it's just magical place to be and it's looking for the right eccentric artist uh, eccentric someone that's kind of love it like bart did there are an eccentric artist who has 2.28 million dollars oh they're out there <laughs> artists okay well just like they that. are out there the philanthropist in this world someone that's kind of love it they are out there, and they just don't know it's there yet. As soon as they find it, it it's gonna it's gonna be theirs. Well, uh, just I mean, you, you basically have a lot of stuff going, and uh, you got a lot of houses, and you just got. I mean, is there any other zebra-related stuff that you're doing in the future? Just like you have zebra parties. Oh, we you, you ze- just missed World Art Car Day. That's the second weekend in November. Yeah. That was big. Um, Friday, I'm gonna be at Discovery Green. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, for, Friday isn't evening. Isn't that Frostival? Yes, the okay. Frostival. I will be there with the art car all illuminated up. And, um, yeah, I, I do stuff all the time. Deck the Halls Parade is coming up in Westbury. It's one of my favorite little events. Mm-hmm. I love doing stuff with the Dragon Boat Festival. I love doing stuff with, I mean, there's so many 
little neighborhoods and things you know Westbury watering hole has their little thing and I mean there's all these little festivals and events constantly that I love to go be part of the community Uh, Heights first Saturday art market white linen nights I just did the vintage Houston vintage festival last weekend so it's a constant constant CNBC kind of thing I love it do you eat zebra cakes I do. Little Debbie is my friend. I put them out at all my open houses. <laughs> I have little uh, Debbie I just, treats. I know I, I couldn't have ended the show without <laughs> asking you that. Right. Shout out to Joni King. She's the one that always brings them out to the open houses for me. She is the zebra cake and bottled water deliverer. <laughs> all right. And, uh, okay, so uh, where can people contact you online on the on the medias? AmyZebra.com. AmyZebra.com. Yeah. Uh, your handles on Twitter and Facebook. I know you're on there. Amy Zebra Realtor. And uh, Zebra Realtor, Amy Zebra Realtor, Remax Metro, all those different things. Uh, can I say my phone number? No. Bad idea. Like Bad that. idea. Yeah, don't, don't say your yeah, phone don't, number. Don't be like a senator or anything like that. Okay. And, don't uh, do that. Yeah. Don't. don't well, just check my website. Yeah. Exactly. AmyZebra.com. That's all where right. you go. Well, thank you very much, Amy, for uh, coming down. I appreciate it. Uh, this is Craig D. Lindsay saying, "Hey, Sarah Huckabee, you, me, uh, on the couch." Uh, drinking uh, cheer wine, watching That's My Mama. That's all I got to say. All right, bye.